just a hand, a Roman cowman, working in Arizona, one with a wagon on his span. He didn't mind the country or the horses he rode. Two letters to find him was G. Never had no wife and never had no kids. Played the sure spot sick calf faster than you did. He's the spirit of the west, child of the sage, tougher than the thorns on the cactus, wise as the wind on the range. He's a cow, he's got no home. He's a drifting buckaroo, born to work and born to run. He's a cowboy, and everything he owns is a truck and a trailer with his baby and his run. Take his bedroll over a five-star hotel To live right next to neighbors Be a darn sure living hell He'll ride on with the cow Till the day that he's done With the knowledge of the cowboy Sets and rises with the sun He's a cowboy He's got no home He's a drippin' muck groove, born to work and born He's a cowboy, everything he owns, and a truck and a trailer with his baby. He was just a Roman cowman He worked in Arizona with a wagon on the span Good evening folks and welcome to You Can't See Them From The Road Tyler, how are you? Good, how are you? Well, we're still breathing, so, I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah. You guys uh, finally warm up up there? It, it is. It's it's a little too warm for my liking, but you know what? It's better than freezing. Yeah, we were in nice 55 degrees today and rain all day, which kind of made moving cows a little bit fun. Oh, I bet. Soaking wet. But you can't complain about moisture. You rather don't have it or have too much, and you know we just can't complain about it. Yeah, there's no happy medium. You're Hi. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a couple decent shot or rain, shots of rain, but nothing too serious. Yeah. 
We could dang sure use another one, but it'll come. Yeah, the mountains have been getting hammered with rain, which kind of sucks for everybody's irrigation water. It's coming off way too fast now. Yeah, I, I know nothing about irrigating. That's not a thing in our part of the country. Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. I don't have to worry about the irrigating, so that makes it nice for me. Yeah, I bet. I just got to worry about about a bunch of unruly cattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today, I'm not scared to admit it. Today was a bona fide ass kicking for me. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that had that kind of day, too. <laughs> they got the upper hand on me today. Yeah, I know the feeling. I had one of them days today, too. Yes. I figured being cool, they'd want to move and stay paired up, but freaking cows just took off and had 150 calves in my lap trying to take them up the county road and just calves squirting out everywhere. It doesn't sound like fun at all. My day doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's my day wasn't that bad. I mean, I fought with cows and pairing out and everything, but I didn't have to deal with any roads. Yeah, it's not too bad. There's not really much traffic, but just, you know, green bar ditches, cows hit that and just want to take off and screw my calf i'm gonna go eat some green grass yeah that can't i i know the feeling i've been there before um that's not a good feeling no no i had my nine-year-old with me and he was riding his ass off trying to keep him pushed up and i just had two dogs with me and they got smooth wore out on me and about quit working altogether. they're just so damn tired yeah I generally have more dogs than I need. I only take like two or three out with me at a time, but there's always one or two waiting in the truck for me. Yeah. I think tomorrow we're going to take the mob. All the pups are going to go and shit might go somewhere, but as long as they're going somewhere, I don't care. (laughs) That's generally how it happens when you take a mob of dogs with you. Like things are going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> might not be what you want but it's gonna happen yeah yeah i always get a kick out of bosses once they realize you got a couple good dogs and oh bring your dogs oh this is gonna be a bad day bring all your dogs do not tell me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it'll be fine just bring all your dogs no i got a bunch of pups and shit is liable to go south really fast <laughs> yeah my, uh, we went about 19 miles all together with gathering and taking them up the county road. And I think I'll have to leave a couple dogs back. The, the county road part's really not that far. It's just the pasture is pretty big and you got a lot of really steep draws and stuff. And there's only three of us gathering it. So we, we had to ride pretty hard and just wore my dogs out before I got to the county road. Yeah, that'll happen. Thankfully, everywhere where we gather, it's, um, you know, we don't leave the yard, really. Like, our cows leave the yard and go straight to grass. So, that's pretty nice. Yeah. 
We don't oh. have a big push to make down roads or anything. In the fall time, um, once they kind of get moved right out, yeah, we got some roads we got to push down. But uh, in springtime, we can hit all the pastures um, just right out of the yard. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, we're going from big old sagebrush hill country to green grass hay meadow almost. So them cows have done it for so many years that they know where they're going and they just take off and then they come back for their calves later. Yeah, our heifers have been the best. Yeah, the heifers have been the best. Heifers suck. Ours have been so easy to work with. They move out. They pair up in like 30, 40 minutes. It's nice. Yeah, we've never seen the likes of it. Well, that's a good thing. I'll trade you heifers. (laughs) yeah i calve them in a small oh we got a couple night pens we stick them in and then they got like a big lot they go in during the day and then as soon as the heifers clean off and calf's doing well i pair them out one at a time into a pasture and i think that's been making a big difference while handling them, right? The more you can handle them, the better they'll get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been plum gentle. That's the biggest problem with this herd here I got right now is um, this is my first year running this place. So um, these cows, they're not, they're not dog broke. They're not horse broke. They're not really anything. They're, you know, they know what a feed truck is and that's about it. Yeah. So trying to do anything with them is always just kind of a fight. Sure. Yeah. We uh we got here in February, right in the middle of the worst winter they've had. And uh one of my good friends, he worked here a couple years ago and then they went through some just crappy help and the cows kind of got trashy. The bulls dangsure got trashy. So middle of July, when I hit the national forest with them up in the mountain, it might be interesting. Yeah, that could, that could raise some entertaining days. Yeah. Yeah, I've been grounding around trying to find any working dog I can. So I have a whole pack of them that I can just rotate in and out. Yeah. Well, the dang sure helps. Do you have any help there, or is it just you? It's just me. The owner's son, he's pretty handy. He's about ready to go to college here this fall, but he's been helping me a bunch. And um, The guy I work for, he normally helps Cowboy, but he had back surgery, oh, five weeks ago. And uh, so he's been down and out for a while. He's going to be down and out for a while and doesn't know when he'll be able to ride again just because it was a it was a pretty substantial back surgery. And then he had hematomans on top of that and had to go back in two weeks after their original surgery. No, it doesn't sound like fun at all. No, he's he's been pretty miserable. Just stoved up all the time. Aren't them miserable guys? Aren't they great to be around? Oh, he's been great to be around. I mean, <laughs> he ain't been out. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he hasn't been out 
to bother me too much and he just he trusts me enough he goes just go do however you want to do it oh there you go you can't beat that no it's it's pretty nice I've worked for some guys where they've been crippled and haven't been able to ride. They just turn, some guys just turn into a royal pain in your ass. Yeah, I could see that. The guy I worked for in Kansas, he, uh, he had a big enough place for Kansas. I mean, it was a fairly big place. And, uh, it was a hobby for him. He was the oil refinery CEO. And, he retired from that and wanted me to make it a profitable place, but he made it pretty damn hard on me to make it profitable. He just spend money where he didn't need to and wouldn't spend money where he should have. Oh, yeah. But it was nice to finally get back up to Wyoming where cowboying is a whole different world. Yeah, oh, I bet. I bet. But I, that guy sounds like every cowboy I know has a hard time with money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, getting married kind of changed my priorities on money. <laughs> Turns out I can't swap saddles and horses like I want to. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. I know where you're coming from there. Married and divorced, so... Uh... You know, I'm back to the stage, at least for a little while. Um, my fiance, she's in, she's in Washington, so she doesn't, uh, she can't. There's not that adult supervision there to tell you, like, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you buy something, you're like, this is a great idea. This is awesome. I can buy my own shit now. And then uh, you look at the bank statement or your billfold, and you're like, whoa. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that might have been a bad idea. Yeah, we're 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 eating sheep for the night or for the month. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we've made venison more times than I can even imagine with Tyler around. <laughs> It'll happen. It does. I used to eat a lot of. I used to do a lot of hunting and eat a lot of wild game, but. In the past years where I've been working, hunting season has been our biz, one of our busiest times of the year, and you just couldn't get away. So, yeah, really had it. but I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I normally get a beef everywhere I work, I've been working, so that's that always helps. Yeah, this place supplies, um, after a year, you get a half a beef, but uh. You know, right now they supply as much hamburger as we can handle. So that that makes it nice. That does make it nice. But if you want steaks or something, then that's where the venison and roasts and that stuff came from. Yeah. Wow, to buy a beefsteak in town right now is, I mean, you might as well give your left leg and your right arm just to get a good beefsteak. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. You like Brittany and I. We got three kids. And we can't hardly go out to eat for less than seventy-five bucks anywhere we go. Yeah, but we're kind of in a real high touristy area, so the little town we live in, they kind of accept whatever price they want, and they dang sure get it. 
Yeah, so you're almost in like a tourist town then. Yeah, Saratoga. It's gotten pretty touristy over the last, let's see, we left here in 16 and then came back in February and it really exploded. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Seems like a lot of towns are are going that way. Like, I know where I'm from. Um, I was there last summer. Went back home for a couple weeks and just the price of everything in that town. And it, it's a tourist town through and through. And it just made you mad to go to town most of the time. Yeah. At the same time, though, it seems like these little towns about have to just to survive. There's so many little towns down here in the States that are just dying out. So Yeah. It's kind of like this ranch and a lot of the ranches in this area, they got to subsidize with uh, outfitting. So they do a lot of guided elk hunts and mm-hmm. mule deer and antelope. Every once in a while, they'll get a moose hunter in. Oh, yeah. So do you do that on your outfit? Do some guiding? Uh, We have an outfit service, but uh, I don't. I'll still be on the forest. Um, I'll start bringing cows off about the 20th of September. Oh, okay, yep. So I'll be able to go, and nice thing about being on the forest all year, all summer and fall, I'll know where the elk are, so I can just go shoot one. There you go. That's... You can't go wrong with that. Pretty steep, so a lot of people don't, a lot of -of out-of-state hunters don't go and hunt that side. Well, there you go. You know where, you know where they'll be, and you have the means to get them. Oh, yeah. I'll keep a pack saddle up there, so if I come across some hunters that got an elk, I can go ahead and charge them 200 bucks and pack that thing out for them. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, Tuffy, the whole month of July and, well, that whole time we're going to be up there, he's going to have me staying in a wall tent with my three kids and him. <laughs> It'll be there it. you go. I stayed in a wall tent for, oh, five summers. Really? Yeah, so where I was working. <laughs> it, I, I didn't mind it. It was nice and cool in the evening. And, um, you know, it was nice. My fiancé didn't really think it was that good a time (laughs) (laughs) i think it'll be fun go up there no technology no cell phone service just go kick it old school yeah i i will recommend though if if you're getting a wall tent get one with some um they make them canvas wall tents It, it has insulation it's like two pieces of canvas sewed together with some insulation in between That'd be Spend the cool. money and get one of them because I just got a plain, just straight wall canvas tent. And, you know, in the fall time, in my part of the country anyways, um, it got fairly chilly in, in there <laughs> going into October. Yeah. Uh, when we lived up here before, the earliest I saw a frost was first week of September we got a frost. And that was down in the valley, so up high, it'd probably be pretty chilly. But the ranch yeah. the ranch has wall tents just because of the outfitting deal. But they got them little wood stoves to go in it. I got one of them little wood stoves 
for my wall tent too and it's awesome mine's actually i didn't buy um the wood stove that goes with the wall tent i got my own cook stove that had an oven in it and burners and everything and you just <laughs> fed the fire and it had such a small firebox though when you'd go to sleep at night and it was cold out it would uh It'd burn out so quick, and then it would get cold in there, and then you debated, well, am I going to get up and stoke <laughs> it, or am I going to stay in bed? And... <laughs> stay in bed's always a pretty good option. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets real cold, and you just can't get warm, and, you know, 2.30 comes around, and you're up fighting with the fire, <laughs> trying to get it going, and once you get it going, it's, you know, damn near time to get up, and you're like, well, I might as well not even go back to bed. This was stupid. Yeah, might as well put the coffee on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, how, how did you convince your missus to go spend a summer in a wall tent? Was it hard? Or? No, it's pretty easy. She's she's pretty awesome. Tomorrow, she's going to get up and get the kids to a babysitter and go help move cows. And we were in between. So, we this place is kind of different where it's two brothers that run it. One of them, there's no farm ground, but he does more like the farming type stuff, does mechanicing, does all the irrigating and all the hay stuff. So he usually has a hired guy. And then my boss is, takes care of the cows and is more the cow manager, or cow boss. And uh, we're in between ranch hands for, the more farming side and I had a shit ton of fence to go fix and I caught her into going fixing fence for me and yeah because he knows how much I love to do it <laughs> fixing fence is so awesome isn't it uh, it was okay because I gotta take the kids with me and stuff but hell about the time we get out there it already I, I had a normal job too <laughs> So about the time I'd get out there, it already looked like it was going to rain on us. And me and the kids would be fighting some bad winds and possibly rain and then fix a little bit of fence. So it was slow going, but we got it done, I think, eventually. <laughs> but I like to help. I like to lend a hand. Um, I think like any ranch wife likes to. We like to be useful other than in the house. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes uh, it takes a certain type of uh, of lady to be your ranch wife. Oh, I I really think they're underappreciated. Really, I don't think they <laughs> oh, get as much they, credit they as they deserve. Are. He's being way too nice, Tuffy. <laughs> well, we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he wants, but <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, just probably stay alive. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Get those brownie points when you can. You have to. <laughs> yep. I I know with my fiance, she's uh she's a very she's very good rider. She's she horses, she's very well rounded. You can tell her to do a job and know it'll it'll get done just um She's never lived in a big ranch setting like this before, right? So it'll take a little getting used to. And, of course, being with me, I'm 
I am stupid 99% of the time. <laughs> I think most of you are. <laughs> Cowboys, at least. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always a new animal coming home. And when I mean new animal, there's always a horse coming home. Or there's a dog coming home. Or I bought something stupid. Yeah. The dog side of the things, it's usually her that's dragging a dog home. Yeah. Whether it's a pug or a damn working dog. A pug. Yeah. (laughs) He loves that pug. (laughs) Um, So somebody literally dropped off a really nice pug male at our house. (laughs) And... I was going to get rid of it because we didn't need a dog like that at all. (laughs) But it likes Ty so much that it irritated him to the point that I loved that. (laughs) So I kept it. And now it's Ty's little torture dog. There you go. If if it wasn't for our two-year-old being able to do whatever the heck she wants to that dog, he would have been gone a long time ago. <laughs> but yep. he'll he'll sit there and let let her dress him up, put jewelry on him, all kinds of crap, and I'm like, well, I guess he can stay around. <laughs> well, you're just getting soft hearted. I he, guess he is definitely. He always said he wouldn't. Those two boys, he's hard on, but he's pretty soft on that girl. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. You know, with my fiance, she's when she moves up here um, from Washington State, she she's bringing a cat. <laughs> I'm not a huge cat guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love cats. Not gonna lie, I love cats when they're running across the yard. And I'm trying to line them up with the thirty thirty <laughs> of the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind a good barn cat that keeps the mice out of the saddle house, but dang old house cat. I just not a big fan of them. No, neither. And this one's a house cat. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a house cat, but she's a three-legged house cat. Who's uh, She's missing part of her back foot. We call her Peggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he missed one day, did he? <laughs> I don't know who missed. Somebody did. And uh, she's not a very good mouser <laughs> at all. Yep. Yeah. This Quite winter, <laughs> this winter, I was in the kitchen. And of course, you know, you live out in the middle of nowhere. No matter how mouse proof you think your house is, when there's five foot of snow outside, they're going to find their way in. And I'm sitting there in the kitchen and all of a sudden, there's a mouse running across the floor, and that damn cat's sitting there and just sits there. Let's the mouse run across the floor. Yeah. We're better off to stick our dogs on it. <laughs> That's funny. You got to you gotta get down and show that cat how to do its job. I guess. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> Well, if you ever walk into the house and see him trying to teach the cat how to catch mice, don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it. <laughs> just turn around and walk out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it takes a it takes a special kind of lady to be to be a, a through and through ranch wife. Yeah. So your fiance did she teach herself how to shoe horses or is that something you talked her into? Well, um she was she went, she was apprenticing. She's apprenticed with a bunch of people down in Washington and it was just kind of something she wanted to do. Wow. That's awesome. So I it's a win for me cuz I mean, Bye. let's just face it. I drink a lot of beer and <laughs> I'm lazy. And now I have somebody to shoe my horse. Awesome. It's a win-win. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> now, Ty keeps talking me into he's he's been showing me how to like I don't know finish and stuff after. So apparently he's trying to rope me into doing something. <laughs> we haven't quite figured that one out yet. Yeah, but... the the ranch pays me to pays me extra to shoe their ranch horses or the ranch horses. Oh, okay. So, our horses always are on the back burner. So, if I can just get her where she's shoeing our horses and I'll just keep shoes on the ranch horses, be a win-win. Yeah, that would be a win-win. Because right now, our horses, their feet are terrible because they just get thrown on the back burner. Yeah. Well, in the country you're riding, you need to be, you need to have a set of shoes underneath your horse. Yeah, it's. It's pretty diverse country. You get into some sand, and then there's some pastures that are just great big, boulder, nasty, rocky, steep stuff. And then, like, up on the forest, it's really not too bad rock-wise. But uh, just going the amount of miles that we need to go, you about need a set of shoes on them. And they got to be on good because we got a lot of bogs up there. Yeah, um, where I was working the past six summers, we rarely shoot a horse just for the reason the amount of boggy country we had to get across. It just didn't pay to have horses shoot, and we didn't need it, right? It was pretty soft ground wherever we went, so you could get by without a set of shoes on, and, you know, the bog will just pull them off where we were. Yeah, that's... You know, it, up on the forest, if you know what you're looking for, you can avoid them pretty easy. If you got some dogs that you can send a ways. But we were moving some cows the other day. And they turned and went for a corner. And Brittany and I went loping across there. I tried to beat them to the corner. And she was ahead of me. And I saw that ground start doing the wave. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to move over a little bit. Turns out that was a mistake because I sunk my horse to her belly. Mm-hmm. Luckily, didn't rip a shoe off, but she's 15-2, and my feet were on the ground. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah the worst like... bog I've ever hit was on that community pasture I run, and um, me and the boss one day, we sunk a horse so bad he was following me and i managed to get across it but he sunk down and um yeah we had to walk um we had to walk a hoe i think it was nine and a half miles in 
um, and get a hoe to pick this horse up because that horse wasn't leaving that bog. That's crazy. So that's always that. That's not a fun day when that happens. <laughs> no. No, there's when my buddy worked here, the boss swallowed his horse in a bog and he had to come over and luckily they were able to just hook onto it with his horse and he drug it out and it kind of scattered around and pawed its way out to help. But that was up in the national forest. So they, it was either the horse was coming out getting pulled by another horse or that's where he was going to stay. Yeah, we were we were pretty lucky in that aspect, right? Like when he, when the boss went down, there was no way I was getting close to him. Yeah, and it, you know we couldn't even get the saddle off, which turned out to be a good thing because you know you walk a hoe in there with that got that boom extended. Well, now how the hell are we gonna do this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. You don't really want to wrap a chain around his neck and pull him out. I mean, if that's the only way. We couldn't just pull the, you know, all you could see, there was water over the seat of the saddle. All you could see is the top of the saddle and the saddle horn. And uh, so we just dropped the chain. We just hooked a chain around the saddle horn. and But it'll be what it'll be. Lift him up and see what happens. Yeah. Jeez. So that was an entertaining day. Yeah, that makes for a long day. It it gets pretty spooky going across that ground, and you start seeing it do that wave, and you just hope to God that your horse doesn't break through the sod because you know you're going deep. That's that's when a big-footed horse, right, is pretty nice. Like, I always tried to ride, like, a draft cross horse or a horse with the bigger foot so they had – more surface area to step on yeah most of the ranch horses are draft crosses and we got uh i think five or six of them coming this fall but there for a little while they went to buying them blm horses and surprisingly they have pretty big feet but i was on my personal mare and she's you know, your typical performance horse, she's 15-2, wears a double-lot shoe, so once she broke through, I was screwed. Yeah. And luckily, Brittany's horse wears a size one, so she's a little bigger, a little more raw-boned, and she could get across there without breaking through. Yeah. You know, and the bog, too, like, I've used that bog where I used to work, I used it so many times in my favor because I always rode the style of horses that were never too nice to ride. Yeah. And uh, they want to kind of get counterfeit and get doing something. Well, I'll turn you towards the bog and, you know, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You can sink down and they start sinking down and still thinking they're pretty tough. Well, now, now it is my turn. Yeah. Yeah, I started two blm horses this winter and they want to be peckerheads so i just took them out there about three foot of snow and we loped some circles that'll take the fight out of them 
Yeah, it did pretty quick. Yeah, I honestly, I like the heat, you know, more yeah. for taking the fight out of them. Because the horse will actually, um, you know, in the wintertime, yeah, it tires them out. But to a point, if you get a real hot day, like if i got a colt that's being a shithead and it's super hot out, that is the day you're going to go. Um, you know, because you're just going to get hot and play yourself out. And then we got to go. Yeah. Gets them thinking a lot faster where that, you know, like you're saying, it, the cold and the snow will wear them out, but it takes quite a bit longer to get them where yeah. they want to think about stuff. Yeah, and I used to have that bright idea that the snow is soft. And then, and then I got bucked <laughs> off one day in, in the snow. and I mean, I hit that snow bank and it had no give. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. Didn't make a snow angel. Well, I made I made a little bit of an indent, but it wasn't soft enough to make any snow angels. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. So when you guys are up there, um you gotta pack all your food in or can you get a pickup right up to your camp? We'll be able to get a pickup right to the camp. That'll be your saving grace. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like all the salt blocks, uh, to get to all the salt grounds, I have to pack pack those in. But I got some colts. I can have them pack that salt in for me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you had to ride into camp, you'd probably be up there by yourself. Yeah, I think the nine-year-old would go. He, if he could be on a horse 24 hours a day, he would be, which is really surprising because he fell off a pony when he was about three, and there's about five years that he didn't want nothing to do with riding. He still loved horses, would go help you catch them and brush them out, but when it came to riding, he wanted no part of it, and then... uh well, all of a sudden, he's like, I want to ride. Then he's just been 9-0 the whole time now. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really surprising. And hard, because the lifestyle we live, you want your kids to ride and help out and stuff. And we didn't think he was ever going to do it again. Well, that's awesome he found it in himself to do it again. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't want to push him into it, just let him find it on his own, because I was worried if I, if we pushed him into it, he'd just want to quit it altogether. Yeah. But, there's pretty cool, we, when we were in Kansas, we were right on the Oklahoma state line, and down there in Oklahoma, they had a, a junior ranch rodeo association, and they had an eight and under division. And we started going to those with him, and that really, really helped him out. Seeing all those other kids just terrassing around on them horses and made him come out of his shell a little bit. Oh, there you go. It's so different, you know. Like, I look at my boy and how he got introduced to horses, and then I look how I got introduced to horses and you know when i was his age 
what was expected of me. And I'm like, shit, I grew up in the wrong time sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like me, I grew up in central Pennsylvania. And about two weeks after I graduated high school, I was like, I'm going to Wyoming and I'm not looking back. And that's how I got into cowboying. <laughs> Yeah, I was one of those kids that was thrown on a horse, and my grandpa expected me to just hi y'all. <laughs> there was there was no being a wimp about it. You just yeah, that's how my dad was too with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad he he uh, he managed uh, his own place, and then he managed a community pasture and did some custom calving for guys, and everything was done from from a horse so when the old man caught you a horse you really didn't have a say um <laughs> it was you're gonna get on this horse and you're gonna like it oh yeah yep yeah and it didn't matter what kind of horse my grandpa he trained uh, race horses too so some of them you know the you know not not the horses that they kept and whatnot um he ended up with so then you'd end up riding some hot-blooded something or another to go gather cattle, and it was pretty miserable some days. Yeah, but it sure made you appreciate a broke horse when you were able to swing. <laughs> That's no lie. I'll let you go over a broke horse. You're like, man, this is pretty nice. I know. I didn't even know what a broke horse was until I turned 32. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good broke horse. Ty finally bought me a really nice horse, and now my kid rides it, so that was handy. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad, he kind of got, well, he built that reputation up in the area he lived he lived in, or what we lived in, that uh, if you had a bad one, you sent it to him because he would get it covered. So mm-hmm. I, I learned at a pretty young age how to ride a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Good. It's really not good having your kids grow up on real nice horses and stuff. I don't think because then they just don't learn anything from what's you know what's going on if they're always riding a nice horse. There's you know there's a point there there comes a point right um, when they're when they're young you want them to be on that that best bro horse you got that'll just take care of them and teach them how to ride right right. Um, but then there also comes a point where now you need to start learning, you know, what a young horse is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quincy, he's he's right there in the middle where he's not on our best horse anymore. And he's getting where, you know, he can correct one when he needs it. But at the same time, he he's still learning how to correct them properly you know when one really needs their ass busted or (laughs) or if he can just you know know this is the way we're gonna do it yeah and it's just putting them with the right type of horse right like one that'll take that correction but isn't just gonna fold flat in two and try and kill them yeah yep and luckily most of the ranch horses they're pretty gentle I mean, they're, we got quite a few young ones, but they're dog gentle. So 
they take that correction from him really well. And my problem is sometimes I get where I want to nitpick too much and where he gets along better with them because he'll correct them, but he won't nitpick at them. And I got to keep telling myself I need to quit nitpicking. They're still young. You know, we we did what we needed to do or what I asked them to do. It may not have been perfect. So let's just keep building on it instead of, oh, you son of a bitch, you're going to do it right this time. Yeah. Well, and that just, you know, that just comes with time, right? Stepping, the braver, the braver your will get, the braver he'll be at, you know, getting after one when he needs to. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be our middle boy that's going to be the hard one to fit a horse to. Oof. That kid is 9-0. He wants to be a bull rider already. He's fearless, and I don't even know how to explain him. He's like, oh, who's that kid off of uh, Farsi Blues? <laughs> Tweeter. He's like Tweeter. <laughs> Just like balls all the time. It's terrible. Keep you on your toes anyways. Oh, yeah, that kid does. Yep. It's a middle child thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was a lonely child. I, I don't have any brothers or sisters. And that's how I was. I was just kind of vols to the wall all the time and let's go. I can ride him. Yeah, that's exactly his mentality. Yeah, he's he'll be pretty young and he's probably going to want the rough string. Yeah. Well, that's a great thing because that means we don't have to ride him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be nice because I'll be able to have him put the first rides on the Colts for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you can stay healthy and, you know, a younger, you know, when you're in your teens, you heal a lot faster than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, falling off these days hurts. It really does. <laughs> my problem is my mind keeps telling me I'm 18. My body's saying, no, you're about 65. Yeah, I've come to terms with I don't like hitting the ground, and I, I will refrain from hitting the ground by doing whatever I have to. Um, I still <laughs> hit the ground. But where my mind gets me in trouble is – you know, when the beer comes out, you know, a responsible person <laughs> is like, oh, we'll just have a few and I got to work tomorrow. If the beer is still flowing and people are handing me, I'm the dumbass that'll sit there and drink till morning and then go, oh, I got to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's been plenty of mornings. Yeah, that you're, hurts too. <laughs> you're riding along and something's just not sitting right and you go ahead and puke while you're on the side puke off the side of your horse in the mornings it's not much fun anymore no it isn't it isn't much fun and i'm just gonna say it i haven't been smart enough to figure that part out yet no same (laughs) we went um i had like we had the neighbor girl over and the kids were a handful, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep drinking a couple more beers, and I had a little too many beers, and had a giant hangover the next day, and of course, we're going to a branding, 
And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just a ranch wife, you know. Maybe they won't want me to do anything. I'll just sit here and look pretty <laughs> and be hungover. And they asked me, of course, to do stuff. And then there wasn't anybody running one of the forks. So then I went and helped run the forks. And I was dying. It was just hoping it would sweat out of me or something. It was bad. Yeah, when I feel that way, honestly, like the best thing to do in the morning is have a couple cold beers in the morning or have a good stiff <laughs> drink. And then you're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to fight through this. Yeah, I think I think my husband decided to buy the shit beer. He bought me Keystone, and ugh. Hey, it was cheap at the liquor store. It was terrible. Hey, I'm a fan of Keystone. I like Keystone. Like I like my Coors Original too, but um, I'm all for the cheap beer, especially with the prices the way they are up here. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, the prices down here aren't near what you got to pay, but they're dang sure getting high. So. When I saw Keystone Light was on sale, I was like, yep, we're getting that one. <laughs> it's on sale beer. Anything on sale. <laughs> yeah. Well, my buddy was giving me shit the other day. I told him, I was like, you know, it is a good thing we got six trucks rolling across the line every week. Hauling calves down to uh, to Kansas. And I said, it's a good thing they're rolling across the line because they keep me in, in beer and chew. And if I had to buy it up here, I would quit. And then he starts laughing. He goes, wow, Copenhagen here is where he's at. It's only like not eight, nine bucks a can. And I'm like, you just need to shut up. Hell, I bitch about Copenhagen being 650 where we're at. I would give, I mean, I'd give anything <laughs> to have Copenhagen to go to 650 here. Yeah. I mean, what I was paying for it before they started bringing it to me across the line was, um, you know, most people don't believe me. They're like, oh, it can't be worth that much. I'm like, oh, well, it is. Wow. Yeah, it's. I always said it's probably not the safest thing for me to do, but it's the safest thing for the people around me for me to do. <laughs> That's <not> Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love when he says he's going to quit. and I'm like, oh, God. Probably not this week. Maybe next week. <laughs> so, are, are do you keep a couple cans just, like, stashed away in the house just in case he runs out? <laughs> no, not normally. He does pretty good about keeping it. My dad used to keep it in the fridge or the freezer or whatever, and Titus keeps his all warm and nasty in his pickup. I think it's gross. Hey. You run out during the day, you can always trot back to your pickup, get another can. I mean, I throw a can every morning um, while it just kind of stays in my lunch pail. Um, I always got a can in my lunch pail because I never know where I'm going to be at for lunch. So, And I mean, I like to eat. So I take lunch <laughs> with me everywhere and I keep an extra can in my lunch pail. But my old boss, he used to keep a can stash somewhere in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> For me, in case I run out. Because I'm not very nice when I run out of it. We had a, a young guy working at the pasture. And he was a real go-getter. He was a real good kid. <laughs> real go-getter. Wanted just to go, 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 get things done. And at about noon one day, we stopped at the truck for lunch. And um, 
I had like a cue left in my can and I said, well, we can either stay here for lunch or we can go to town and have lunch. I'll buy. Then he goes, oh, well, let's just, let's just stay here. You know, town's an hour away. Let's just stay here for lunch and then get back to it. I'm buying lunch. We should go to town for lunch. No, no, I'm good. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to town for lunch with the crew truck and the trailer. And I mean, you'd stay out here and I'll come back, but you should probably come with me. And he convinced me. He goes, oh, you're not that bad when you run out. Really? <laughs> okay, well, he goes, yeah, you're not that bad. I can deal with you. Three o'clock in the hour. And we normally rode till, you know, eight o'clock at night there. And uh, about 3.30, he trotted up to me and he looked at me and he goes, we're going to fucking town. <laughs> oh? Well, what if I don't want to go to town? He goes, no, we're going to town. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I got. I carry one extra can in my saddlebags because you just never know. Man, I had a buddy down in Kansas. Well, I still do. Cole Nash, and he uh, decided one day we got done working cattle, and he's like, "We're heading back to the house," and he's like, "I'm I'm gonna quit chewing," and I looked at him. I'm like, "Oh, okay," because. He's kind of runs in a fiery kind of family, so they don't have any chew or they get pissed and working and they're just in a bad attitude the whole day. It's awful. So uh, he checks that can out and we're still going down the road and all of a sudden he hits the brakes, horses in the back and everything. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I changed my mind. (laughs) He's like, it's too far to town. I was like, oh my gosh. So we had to go back and look for that can of chew. I was like, did you find it? Yeah, we did find it, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> it took a moment. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I told some friends of mine I was going to quit too, and they said, God help whoever you work for if you decide <laughs> to quit. And I'm like, Don't be stupid. I'm, I was just joking. I'm not quitting. Oh my. Last time I said I was going to quit it was right before last summer and Brittany goes you do realize you got both the boys every day all summer right and I'm like oh shit I'm going to town yeah this is a stupid idea <laughs> yeah I love my kids to death but there's days that make me question it oh my boy, when when I was still married, he he had this thing every morning. He would run to the nightstand and he'd grab my can of chew and he'd hide it. Oh shit! <laughs> and I mean, it'd be you know, I chew a can a day, so you know, when I go to bed, I'm dang near, you know, there's only a chew out of a can, and he would hide pretty much a full can on me. <laughs> and he'd think it's funny and of course you don't want to go to the freezer and open a new one because you know somewhere in the house <laughs> there is there's a full can and some mornings you just didn't have time to play his games so just whatever I'll grab a new can and go I'll get it later <laughs> well the one morning he took it and I went to the freezer to get another can and I was out Boy, where's that can of chew? And he thought this was funny. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you you have no idea how close to death you were coming. 
<laughs> I will throat punch a kid. <laughs> yeah, you were going to have a come to Jesus moment here right away. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it, it's always real fun when the kids grab it and they open that lid and they just look at you and you're yelling no. And they just dump that whole thing right on the floor. <laughs> Sweeping it up, trying to get all the dirt out of it. Just fuck it. I'm going to take it all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a good time. Oh, it is. I mean, you look back at days like that and you laugh about them now. Oh, yeah. You laugh about them now and then you also think back and look at your kid and go, you have no idea. <laughs> How close you come to meeting Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, do you spit in a can in your house? No, thank God. <laughs> Ty doesn't either, but I, my dad used to, and you always grab that pop can, and it has pop in it still, and you take a swig of it, and ooh. I I got into a pretty good bar fight a couple of years ago because there was a young guy on my crew. And we went to the bar drinking, and uh, he had spit in a bottle. Oh, shit. And he was spitting in an empty bottle of the beer I was drinking. And I grabbed this bottle halfway through the night thinking it was mine. And I mean, oh. in my defense, I've been drinking since, like, noon that day. <laughs> so I was feeling pretty good. And I, I took a swig of that, and then I puked on the bar floor, and then I looked at him, and you're about to die. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd feel the same way. Oh, man. Bad yeah. things are about to happen to you. <laughs> There's nothing worse than that. No. Well, my old man, when he caught me, when he caught me chewing, and I mean, how I started doing it was, you know, my old man chewed, everybody he hung out with chewed, and they were all old cowboys, and that's what you wanted to be. You wanted to be like them guys, right? So I better start chewing. So I would chase him around, and when he'd throw out a can, I'd run my finger around it and get what I could out of it till I got enough. And then finally I started stealing it out of the freezer of his, and then he caught me. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, when he caught me, he found out I was just spitting in a bottle or spitting it on the ground. And the old man said, if you're man enough to steal it and chew, you're man enough to swallow it. So one day he took me out fencing and he fenced by my side all day and he made me chew and I puked my guts out. So <laughs> yeah, I kind of had the same deal. My, I can remember it plain as day. My old man would chew Hawkins. And just nasty wintergreen flavor. Oh, it was awful. And I was, oh, I don't know. I was pretty young. And his bright idea was if he just gave me one, because I, you know, wanted to grow up and be just like him, that he'd give me a chew, make me just sicker than a dog, and I'd never want to do it again. Well, it pretty well backfired on him. At the time, I thought that sweet taste was just the greatest thing in the world. So then, you know, he throw a can away, have a little bit in it. Well, you just go grab it, do what you did, you know, just run your finger around it, get a little bit, and away you went. And then uh, for a while, I high school and stuff, I was hooked on that Levi Garrett, 
till I was old enough to buy it, and then I just started going to Copenhagen. Yeah, up here we were. Um, no shit, I was. I think I was seventeen when they started. When they stopped, like you can't buy flavored tobacco up here anymore. Oh really? Yeah, like it's honestly a treat when I go to see the fiance down in Washington because I'll buy a can of, you know, of something I can't get up here, and it's kind of a nice little treat. <laughs> you know, but you get halfway through that can of whatever you buy, and you're like, God, this is why I don't chew this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can remember I stole part of a can of uh, Skull Peach from my old man and just got sicker than a dog with it. Just sweet, sugary, nasty. Man, that stuff was awful. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. And you know what the stupid part about up here is they say, no, you can't have any flavored tobacco because it'll get young kids hooked on it, you know, anything like that. But flavored beer, flavored alcohol, hey, let's go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, now down here, you got to be 21 to buy tobacco. I thought that's always how it was down there. No. It was 18 for a long time, and then 21 to buy alcohol, and then here, oh shoot, three or probably five years ago now, they uh, changed it to 21. I knew it was always 21 to buy alcohol down there. That threw us for a loop when me and a bunch of buddies finally turned 18. Hey, we're going to go to the States, and we're going to have a really good time. Oh. And yeah. then we got down there and we figured out we couldn't get into bars or we couldn't buy beer. Well, this sucks. Yeah. We we had some friends in college. They grew up on the Canadian border in Montana. And as soon as they turned 18, they went up there and the stories they'd tell sound like it is a pretty good time. Yeah, we there, you know, we can have a pretty good time up here. We know how to do that because we have winter for most of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's decent. Yeah, so we don't have a whole lot of other things to do in the wintertime. You know, when it gets dark at 4.30, what are you going to do And you're single? Well, we're going to go to the bar. <laughs> well, of course. Man, it gets dark that early up there. Yeah, when winter, like uh, when September, you know, October sets in here, we're dark about 5 o'clock, 4.30. So, I mean, when it gets dark that long, you can only sit in front of a TV or watch. I mean, I don't even have TVs, but you can only watch movies for so long before you're like, I got to do something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, here in the wintertime, about the only thing there is to do is feed cows and go to the bar or go snow machining. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, snow machining is bad for myself. Bad for myself because I just fucking hurt myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's. We lived up here before. We had quite a few, and I bought a Articat 800 with a turbo, thinking, "Man, this is gonna be fun." Until I launched that son of a bitch into a tree, and I had to cut the tree down to get my snow snow machine back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they make quads. 
like the new ranch quad they bought here. It's like a thousand cc or something stupid like that. This is a work quad. Why do we need to go this fast? It is awesome. But one day I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest one we have is at 800 and it goes plenty fast for me. Just, I want it to go faster, but that little voice inside my head saying, don't do it, dumbass, this is going to hurt. Yeah, yeah I never listen to that voice inside of my head. I, I mean, I get that voice a lot like, this is a stupid idea. You shouldn't do it. Oh, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, way, that's the way I am. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't have that voice. Yeah. Oh, it's, I it's imagine there. you got a pretty good first aid kit in your house, though, when you got to <laughs> crawl back into the house and look at your wife and go, I need patched back up. I did something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Got some lidocaine and some stitches. Yeah, we've got a staple gun. <laughs> Handy things to have. Yeah. Yeah, down in Kansas, we, we're starting to get hogs down there. And I got uh, my Brittany's brother was working for me. And he was driving some T-post one day. And I was off dicking with some cows. And he let that T-post driver go a little too far up and caught the top of that post and it smacked him in top of the head went to my buddy's house he had a bunch of black mouth curs he hunted hogs with and he always had medical grade staple guns so i'm thinking yes i get to staple this little bastard's head back together it's gonna be <laughs> awesome and i was like this is gonna be a perfect tiktok video and it wasn't bad enough you know head wound just bleeds a lot wasn't really that bad we tried to convince him to let us do it, though. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. And then uh, I was like, well, shit, just give me a couple of them staple guns. <clears throat> this winter, it was, oh, we had a bunch of snow, so it was about a day till we could get to town. And we're, for Wyoming, we're pretty close to town, 12, 14 miles to town. And they got a little medical clinic. Our middle kid, six-year-old. He busted open his knee on a piece of glass, and uh, I tried to convince him to let me staple his knee back together, but he wasn't going for it. Mm-hmm. And mom's sitting there going, this is a stupid idea. Oh, yeah. The whole time. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more the, like, mellow one. That I'm like, I don't know. I'm more like, you need to shut up so I can heal you up real quick. Like, just stop moving. I don't know. I'm a rip the band-aid off kind of person. Ty's a little nicer than I am, I think. There's nothing wrong with that. He he is a tough little sucker until he sees his own blood and then it's game over. I'm the same way. I'm (laughs) the same way. Like and I've worked a lot of jobs where I've been by myself all the time. And I will tell my bosses, like if anything bad happens. And I cut myself real bad. Just come look for me. Don't get yourself back to camp and call. No, I'll just pass out and die and bleed to death. Oh, that's funny. Anybody else's blood? Like, somebody could chop an arm off and I'm fine. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. My own? Yep, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He gets hysterical. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, 
the only thing that really bothers me is spiders. I don't know why. The creepy little bastards just freak me out. Yeah. I can see my own blood all day long. Not a problem. See a spider? I turn into a little girl real quick. Yeah, I, spiders don't bother me, but I don't like snakes at all. <laughs> yeah, he's the opposite. We had a pet snake for a while. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. There's not in my, you know, no, I will. <laughs> Yeah, I will we... put my foot down if my fiance goes. We need a pet snake while you are leaving. <laughs> you will leave. We we had a ball python for a while. No, nope, I'm good. We lost that some bitch in our house for three months. Yeah. No, no, I burned that fucker down. <laughs> I had to live in that house. <laughs> I would give you one option. You will find it in the next hour, or I'm going to get. <laughs> oh yeah, there was no finding it. I opened the bathroom door one day and she was crawling across it. And I was like, holy shit, there she is. <laughs> yep. Get the scatter gun and put an end to it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In Kansas, though, you see a lot of snakes. So you, you kind of either have to be kind of okay with them or <laughs> not. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I will never live anywhere where there's snakes because I, I just don't like them. See, in like this part of Wyoming, we'd. I'm sure there's some rattlesnakes around, but not very many. But you get outside this little valley, and where I worked in college, went to college in Torrington, and that's a rattlesnake-infested some gun. Well, down at Lethbridge, Alberta, there's there's lots of rattlesnakes down there. When I was working down there, one of the guys I was working with, he loved snakes, and he'd catch these rattlesnakes and think, it is awesome. You are holding on to a danger noodle here. <laughs> but yeah, they're in Oklahoma. They That's what they do. They round them up and put them in big, like, boxes that they made and stuff. And I think they eat some of them. And I don't know what the hell they do with the rest of them. But they, make, they catch a lot. Like, and he thought this was a great idea. I'm sitting in the truck. Okay. Um <laughs> I'm sitting in the truck with an investor that invested in this feedlot ranch and everything. And he's sitting there in his business suit. And I'm kind of showing him around. And this Yahoo comes around the corner with a rattlesnake <laughs> in his hand. And up here in Canada, we're not allowed to have pistols. <laughs> and I had one in the truck, you know, kind of a rebel that way. I had one in the truck. And he comes running up. Just touch it. He's sticking it in the window. Just touch it. I will fucking shoot you. <laughs> no, you won't. I put my hand on the gun. He looked at me. You're not kidding. I will shoot you in the face if you come any closer to me with that. Please. <laughs> what that investor guy think? <laughs> he didn't really know what to think of me. <laughs> we were sitting in the lunchroom later on that day, and he was kind of chuckling about it. And he goes, you were just joking, right? And I looked at him, and I was not joking. <laughs> if he stuck that snake anymore in the window, I was going to shoot him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, my, my ex-wife, she grabbed a garter snake the one day and cornered me in the barn with a bunch of clients I was riding colts for. I grabbed a pitchfork, and I, she got me in a corner, and I had a pitchfork in my hand, and I will stab you. <laughs> no, you won't. Oh, fuck yes, I will. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. Mm. Like, 
the guys that used to work for, they knew I was scared of snakes. And they tied, they went to the dollar store, the assholes thought this through. <laughs> they went to the dollar store and bought one of them rubber snakes and tied it to the door handle of my truck. Oh, shit. I drove around with that truck, and this Dodge didn't have AC in it. I drove around for a week with this rubber snake tied to my door handle. I'd crawl through the passenger seat, <laughs> I'd unroll the passenger window, and I'd drive my truck. And finally, they realized, like, the joke's over. I'm, you know, I have figured out, like, this fucker will rot <laughs> off of my door before I cut him off. <laughs> and then they told me, just the robber snake. You guys are a bunch of assholes. Oh my gosh. It is funny though. Like, I don't know. It seems like ranch people, farm people, we're always like putting something in somebody's pickup, whether it's like, I don't know, a possum or a snake or something. There's always something, some story like that. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to put a beaver until last summer. I've always wanted to put a beaver in somebody's truck until I found out what beavers really are. Because, I mean, we just shoot them up here. Yeah. And uh, the boss last summer, he told me, like, you know, if you hit that beaver on top of the head with the scoop shovel real hard, kill him dead. They got a soft head. No shit. <laughs> and he goes, yep. Yeah, so we seen a beaver trotting down, you know, waddling down the road. I'm thinking this is my time to shine. I'm just going to cave his head in with the shovel. Well, that did not work. <laughs> did he chase you? Real fast. I didn't think a beaver could move that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a, up here previous, I was working on the Silver Spur Ranch, and I watched a guy, we're, me and another guy are sitting in a pickup, we're like, what the hell is this dumbass doing? He takes out a pocket knife and runs up and sticks this beaver in the side of the ribs with it. And all of a sudden, this beaver turns around and starts chasing him. Knife hanging out of him. He's got a pistol. He's running like a little girl, shooting this pistol behind him. Of course, he didn't he hit the damn beaver. <laughs> and just screaming and squalling while this beaver's chasing him around this hay meadow. Gosh, damn, I thought I was going to die laughing. Well, I mean... I'm not the coordinated, you know, I'm not that <laughs> well coordinated, right? And I hit this beaver with this aluminum scoop shovel, and it just pisses him off. <laughs> and he starts chasing me, and well, this is bad. And the whole time he's chasing me, you can hear that jaw snapping when he's trying to crawl up your leg and eat your ass. You can hear that jaw snap, and you can hear that tail hit the ground. And I'm like, shit, I am not that coordinated to do run. <laughs> Snap my teeth and smack my tail on the ground. I'm just trying to stay fucking alive. Just don't fall down. Yeah. And I finally outrun him and he trots off down the ditch and finds the slough and away he goes. The boss and the other guy pull up in the truck and they think this is funnier than hell. And I'm like, you told me it would work. No, we just wanted to see if you were dumb enough to do it. You bunch of fuckers. <laughs> of course, of course I'm dumb enough to do it. Yeah. Don't tell me it's a good idea. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I will say with a badger, though, if you run down a badger with a set of fencing pliers and wait for them to hiss at you and lift that nose up, you can kill them dead every time. Really? Yeah. Don't hit them in the top of the nose. 
Wait till he hisses at you and lifts his head up so his nose is kind of pointing straight up. And, I mean, crack him a good one. Then some fires, ball peen, hammer, a flashlight. Anything hard that you can get some momentum behind will kill him. No way. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that with a badger. Yeah, I'm just dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're the things you, like, in Kansas, we'd run them over with a four-wheeler, but you'd pick your legs up and stuff, and they didn't do anything but piss them off, but it was fun. It was pretty dangerous, but it was fun. Yeah. We we caught a badger once. We wrote that son of a buck. Uh-huh. And uh, we threw him in a buddy's pickup. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did he tear it up? <laughs> oh, that was the dumbest idea we've ever had. <laughs> and I mean, alcohol was involved <laughs> in that ordeal. And we didn't really think things through. But when Buddy got back to his truck, he went from, like, a joking nice guy to get along with to real mad real quick. <laughs> Bet. And, yeah, he opened that door. Well, his seats were torn apart. It's like, yeah, that badger had a good time in his truck <laughs> trying to get out. And then all of a sudden, we turned into the assholes. Uh-huh. I thought it was a good idea to catch a woodchuck. In a burlap sack until it was time to go get rabies shots. That thing bit the ever loving shit out of me, and I had to go get rabies shots, and they <laughs> are not fun. No, I've gotten rabies shots before. They freaking suck. Yeah. And they lie to you when you go in there. They're like, oh, this won't hurt at all. It does. Yeah. I had to. Did you have to get them in the stomach? Yep. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this won't hurt at all. Yeah, I don't think I've ever wanted to punch a doctor worse than that day. No. And me and doctors, we don't get along to begin with. No. Yeah, I'd just rather shoot some penicillin and a little bit of orange juice and drink it down rather than go to the damn doctor. Yeah, LA 200 works too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Ty, he might have been able to, if he was a little more convincing, he might have been able to convince me to, like, have my kids at home and stuff. I hate doctors, too. Well, shit, I was like, hell, I got lidocaine at the house. That's all they do for an epidural. I can do that shit. Yeah, I got a cow. I got a set of calf pullers. Worst case scenario, we got a head gate. You probably won't be too happy about it. Yeah. It's like, hell, I, I give cow spinal blocks. I give you one, too. <laughs> Figure it out. Jeez. I imagine that went over well at the time. No, uh, it didn't. <laughs> she was pretty good about it. The doctor grew up ranching. So we we're comparing her to a heifer. And, yeah. Uh, when you go to them prenatal classes, I found this out with my first kid. You do not bring that up because people do not think that's funny at no. all. No. This doctor is pretty good about it because he's like, well, you know, when you're pulling a calf, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But yeah. I found out real quick. When uh, your wife's pregnant, you don't compare her to her mom. That's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm surprised Ty's still alive. I'm surprised I'm still alive with the amount of dumb shit I've said over the years. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Some of it we just secretly think is funny. We just are pissed at the time. (laughs) 
but you can't let on that you're you know you think it's funny so you just get mad oh yeah exactly yep oh yeah yep ty's done a lot of dumb stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and you know me hospitals and all that kind of thing we've never got along to begin with yeah the only time i'll go to the hospital is if I got a limb just hanging on by a thread. That's about it. I got bucked off a horse oh, about five years ago, and I ended up breaking my shoulder. Ooh. When I come down, and I mean, it hurt. And this is about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was an hour and a half, hour and a half ride in a pickup hmm. to, to the hospital. And up here, healthcare is free. Sure. Um, so that's not a big deal, right? You don't got a big doctor bill to go with it. But half the time, the ambulance can't find where you are anyways because they're all a bunch of idiots. And, <laughs> and, you know, how do you tell an ambulance, you know, go through this wire gate, open up this gate, go through here, go around this loo, and you'll run into us. <laughs> yeah. Right? So the boss is like, well, shit, if you don't need, if you think you don't need an ambulance, we'll just drive you to the hospital. All right, yeah, that's good. Just drive me to the fucking hospital. It's fine. Well, we get in the truck and we get going. Get bouncing across the pasture and there's no painkillers, no nothing in the truck. And the boss goes, well, I got a bottle of scotch here. If that'll help, you bet. Hand me that fucking bottle. (laughs) And I start drinking scotch. Well, I get to the hospital with this broke shoulder and I'm drunk. <laughs> oh Doctor looks at me and they do x rays and everything. And, well, we got to do surgery. They wanted to do surgery, turned out they didn't have to, thank God. But they were talking about surgery and the swelling was so bad, that's why they wanted to go in. They said, Well, the x ray isn't too good, so we want the swelling to go down. And then we're going to cut you open and see what's the problem. And, you know, if it's no problem, we'll just stitch you back up and away you go. What kind of painkillers have you had before we do this? Well, shit, I drank a bottle of scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had anything to eat? Oh, no, not at all. I just drank that bottle of scotch on the way here because every bump hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And up here now, too, um, in the hospitals, like maybe not in big town, big city hospitals up here. But in, in in any small town hospital down here, um, they will uh, they will put cowboy on on the door and they'll take your cowboy hat away from you because they know you're not leaving without your hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is crazy. I uh, I have some cousins up there and I don't know where they're at. They're older and stuff, and they they're really far out there. To where they have, like, I don't know, limited electricity and stuff. Um, kind of sad. There was a, my great aunt passed away, and I was going to go to that funeral, and it was down in Kansas, and we just moved up here, so I didn't get to, but I was hoping to, because I'm older now, and I could have got to actually chat with them and learn some more about them and what they did up there, but, yeah, they're, they're pretty rough like that, <laughs> I could imagine them doing that. 
and not going. Yeah, well, and the doctor told me once they kind of figured things out, why well, you got to come back for these checkups and you're going to go on workers' comp and all this stuff and you can't go back to work for the rest of the summer. Shit, I took two days off and then I showed back up at work. Mm-hmm. The boss looks at me, well, what are you going to do at work? Well, you saddle my horse and I'll get on him. <laughs> yeah. We'll just go to work. You can find a way. Do like a pulley system or something. <laughs> yeah, so they saddled uh, they saddled my horse for like four weeks for me every morning and I'd scurry my way up there and away <laughs> we'd go. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I hear you want to start a podcast. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I uh I don't know. I don't know. You know how we are. You're just, well, I guess you know how it is. You're just always so busy, especially being a wife and ranch hand and actually having a job and stuff. Because I, I do the ditch rider stuff, too, all summer. So the what? Um, I'm doing the ditch rider. So I'm helping with irrigation and the big parts, like all the big main um, ditches that are coming down from the mountain. I make sure that everything's cleared out, all the big trees and crap. Oh. You're in a man's job, <laughs> seems like, some days. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then wrangling the kids. But I thought it'd be really neat to, I, I don't know, I like to talk. so, And I like to learn about what other people are doing. So I thought it'd be interesting to... See what other ranch wives or just ag women or anybody really that's a woman out there doing something. Just chat. Well, you should because there's none of that out there. I'd listen to it. You might yeah, learn I think, things too. I don't. I think it'd be interesting because as as women, I mean, you know how we are. We like to we like to talk, and if you can get some women telling some pretty good stories and stuff, it's it can be pretty fun. <laughs> you might learn more than you want to. <laughs> yeah, well, and you get a ranch wife, and she's been a ranch wife for a while. All the dumb shit she's seen. Oh, yeah. It would be it'd be awesome just to hear their stories. Plus, I mean, it's a, it's a hard life being a ranch wife. I mean, some... I, we're fortunate we don't move a lot. But, gosh, some of them women, they, they can pack their old house in a horse trailer and go down the road and they have four kids and it's just some of the amazing things they do or even the ones that are handier and stuff and what they do it's pretty pretty neat yeah oh it is um behind every good cowboy there there's probably a good woman behind there somewhere yeah yeah whether it's mom or you know somebody I know, I know an old lady, which I would love to hear some of her stories. She used to be a saddle bronc rider, and gosh, she's old school. She's down in Cimarron, Kansas, and I can just always remember thinking, man, she's badass. Like, that lady's tough, and I'd love to sit around the table with her and hear some of those stories she had to say. Yeah, well, I mean, they're the bat. Like, 
ranch wife is the backbone to the ranching community. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we do a lot, but we try to be pretty modest about it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, it was a good supper, a good lunch, or whatever, but we're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, in the back of our minds, we're like, you're damn right it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's nice to be appreciated for sure. Yeah. Well, I know my fiance every day around supper time, she will text me and go, have you eaten today? Um, <laughs> I got to think about that part. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I'm just really looking forward to her getting down here so I don't have to cook anymore. Oh, yeah. It is nice. Ty Ty's a pretty good cook, I will say. They're I'm a terrible cook. Are you? <laughs> Very. I mean, I, I can I can cook a steak and you know, fried potatoes mm. and a baked potato, but that's about as far as my cooking skills go. Hey, you make me a fried potato and some fried potatoes and an egg for breakfast or something, put a little hot sauce on that. Oh yeah. That's good stuff. Most of the time, it's, well, what'd you have for supper? Well, I don't exactly know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I made it. And then I threw it outside, and now the dogs are just looking. Oh, yep. Yeah, well, you throw a bunch of shit in the pot and cook it, it either turns out really good or really bad. Yeah, and most of the time it turns out really bad for me, and I try and feed it to my dogs, and my dogs just basically give me that "fuck you, we're not eating it." Hi, <laughs> uh, we have a a ranch hand that helps the hay crew side of it, and we invite him over to eat every once in a while, which he probably hates because our kids are wild Indians. But uh, I told him one night I was like, "Well." I'm making some of this chicken out. I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird chicken thing. And he's like, oh, I think I'm good. <laughs> and then uh, I had to go with him the next day to clear a ditch. And we're, I was wearing my irrigating boots. And I had I have holes in my jeans because I'm wearing all my husband's old jeans that have tears in them. And they were making this god-awful fart noise. And I was like, I swear this is not me. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm sure it was that weird-ass chicken you made. And I was like, that's why you didn't come eat. (laughs) Well, I've learned over the years when somebody invites me, you know, I always try and be polite. Oh, you should come over for supper. Oh, no. I mean, I got food at home I don't want to impose. Oh, no, there's supper here for you. You bet. (laughs) Yep. Because my cooking, you know, I'm surprised I haven't killed myself. <laughs> I do, I do kind of mess up every once in a while. I made, uh, I made some tacos the other night. We make our own seasoning, and I instead of grabbing the cumin, I grabbed the ground cinnamon and started sprinkling that in there. And you know, you get to talking to the kids and all the distractions. All of a sudden, I start smelling cinnamon and I'm like what the hell <laughs> so then I had to make my taco meat taste like taco meat and not cinnamon <laughs> it was terrible they were god awful Ty ate them though still but he 
probably still thinks they're terrible. Oh, uh, one of them deals you gotta go back for seconds just to make her not feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I have had a few. I've worked for a few places that have ranch cooks. Have ranch cooks there. You go back. Oh, is it that good? Oh yeah, delicious. <laughs> yeah. so, was that Monty Walsh? What is that movie? Is yeah. that it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the rule of thumb when you go to work for an outfit and they have a ranch cook. Rule number one is you do not piss the cook off because that shit will happen. No, you sure don't. (laughs) Oh, that'd be terrible. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to play that it was good and then you go complain to the boss. And of course, the boss at the time, he he lived up in a different house. And his wife cooked for him. You you need to come and eat the shit that this person is trying to eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. Go come come eat it one day. He come for lunch one day and he can't even finish his lunch. And he looks at us. It's that bad. No shit. We've been telling you this for a month. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That is that's one thing that's hard is I cooked at the spur when the, the lady I don't know. She was helping her dad or something, but I offered, and that's kind of like nerve wracking. <laughs> you're cooking for all the cowboys that your husband works for, and you're kind of like, "Sorry, I hope it's great." <laughs> but well, ninety nine percent of the time it is. I mean, but you just get that one bad cook, and it oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Well, this winter I had to call into work one day. Well, I. I, I even texted the boss, like, you might have to take me to the hospital. Like, I, I do not feel good. I haven't had pain in my guts like this ever. Hmm. And, of course, couldn't figure out what it was from. And I finally got feeling better. And I showed up at work the next day. And my guts were still kind of bothering me. <laughs> Figured it was something I ate. And the boss goes, well, what'd you eat? And I said, well, you know what the grocery store then stuff? mushrooms they sell with like the crab dip in them hmm. and he goes yeah and i said well i kept some of them up last night and i had them with my supper and he looks at me and he goes how long were they in your fridge for and I, I don't know oh. maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he goes yeah you tried to kill yourself last night huh that's what that was. <laughs> i'm not doing that again oh gosh yeah we we went and picked up a shag hair uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. But we stopped in Rock Springs, Wyoming to eat. We had dang near go to Utah to get this dog. And we hit a Japanese steakhouse. A hibachi. Hibachi. It was pretty dang good, to be honest. But everything that I got was cooked because they served some sushi. And I'm like, you know, sushi in the middle of Wyoming doesn't seem like it should be right i'm not gonna take my chances this doesn't seem like the best idea we've ever had no oh man nope i tell you what though i've never had sushi or i've never had anything like that and it will be a cold day in hell when i have something like that i'll remember that if i ever see it That's one thing. Down in Kansas, the Mexican food is pretty lit. It, oh, man. 
where where my fiance Brooke lives in Washington, they got um, they got taco trucks. It is awesome. They got taco trucks on like every corner. I am in heaven. Yeah, those things. Some of them look sketchy, but oh man, they might be the best place you're right at in your life. Oh yeah, there's a... Brooke. She'll get mad at me. She doesn't really like Mexican food, and she goes, "Do you know what you're eating? I don't care. It's good." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a few places in Kansas. You look at it, you're like, man, I probably need a shot of penicillin to go eat in this place. You go in there, and it's the best damn food you'll ever eat. The real good authentic places are great. They are. I love them. I wish we had more of them up here. Yeah. What What do you guys have up there? Like, what's your thing? Chinese food. Really? Yeah, we got, we got a lot of, I mean, any small town you go to. There's probably a Chinese, there's probably one to two Chinese food places in there, in the town. So we eat Chinese food quite a bit. <laughs> We've got a, a French intern here. He's helping with the ditch stuff. And he's 18 and we've been grilling him about all sorts of stuff. We, we asked him if marijuana was legal in France. <laughs> he said he didn't know. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, we were asking him about, you know, fast food places and food that they had or didn't have, stuff that was banned and stuff. And most of the cereal and stuff we have here, they don't have. And I don't know. He said he never ate at McDonald's. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing much. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's. It's different how, or it's crazy how different everything is in different places. Oh, it is. Like, right, um, the main place, like, if we're going to go for lunch or you need a quick lunch in town, like, well, um, we have McDonald's and all that stuff in a bigger center. But the, the small town next to me, I mean, there's Subway in there. So we run into Subway quite a bit. And... Oh, yeah. Okay. What about Sonic? You got Sonic up there? No, we don't have Sonic. What? I couldn't live in Canada. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no Sonic. Like, we have McDonald's, Burger King, Arby's, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, where I'm at, you got to go so far to get it. So, Subway and, you know, a couple diners in town is about as best we got. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the other thing. We, we're we used to, I don't know, we were in Kansas for five years back again. And, you know, Walmart was, I don't know, 10 miles, not even. And now we're back to where Walmart's like three hours. I don't know, a good Walmart. I guess there's one in Rollins, but it's not very big. But like stocking up on everything and just... Having all your essentials is just something to get used to again. Yeah, well, I mean, out here is the same, right? It's it's for last well, hour and a half to the nearest big center for me. So, I mean, since I've been at this place, I've been at Walmart, I think, twice. Hmm. And I mean, it's just that I'm lazy and I don't like town. Yeah. So I go to the local grocery store and it costs more, but whatever. I don't got to go to town. Yeah. 
I know Ty, he so badly wants me to just go get all of your groceries at the little local place because we have to drive so far, which would be fine, but I don't know. I like Walmart too much <laughs> some days. Plus, well, no, I try and plan all my trips when I go to town, like in town in Boisevin, where I'm next to. Um, I can go, I can get all my groceries, I can buy a box of beer, and I can be home in 30 minutes and drink beer driving down the road and not really have to be worried about getting pulled over. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing to me, too. Yeah. And it drives my fiancé nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Does it? Yeah. Well, when she first came to Canada to see me where I was living up at Gladstone on that pasture. I said, well, why don't we go over to some friends tonight? And she goes, oh, okay. And I said, well, we better stop. Stop. They're about two hours away. And I said, well, we better stop in town buy a case of beer. She goes, oh, okay. So I come walking out of the store with two cases of beer. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, I thought you were just getting one. Well, yeah, I got one for when we get there. (laughs) <laughs> well, one one for I'm, I'm thirsty right now <laughs> this is my, my road case of beer for when I can drink it on the way and then I can drink it on the way back mm-hmm. and she kind of looks at me well I, I, I can drive on the way home do you know how to get home well no yeah I'll drive <laughs> <laughs> yep I don't know there's nothing like a good roadie for sure there isn't. There's, I mean, it is a great thing. I got pulled over last summer by a cop, and I had the whole crew in the truck, and we all had open beers. We were on gravel road. And, I mean, it's no different here. There's a cooler beer on the back of the truck wherever we go. Huh. And uh, last summer, we got pulled over, and cop walks up, and everybody's trying to hide their beer. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> Like, where are we going to hide it? Her <laughs> truck is full of shit. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's four of us sitting in here drinking beer. We might as well just keep it out in the open because, I mean, we're fucked either way. <laughs> well, you don't want to waste a good beer by trying to shove it under a seat. Exactly. So the cop walked up and just so happened to be, I knew the cop real well. And he walks up to the truck and unrolls the window and he looks at me and he goes, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> and he goes, you could at least put it in the cup holder, put something over it. <laughs> Seven o'clock at night. What do you think we're doing? And he goes, well, I know you're drinking beer. Exactly. The day is over. We're going back to headquarters. It's been a long day and a cold beer is nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm gonna. He looks. He just looks at us and goes, "I'm gonna pretend I never seen this, and I'm just gonna give you a warning that you had a tail light burnt out." But you're being honest. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm just trying not to write you a ticket." And I said, "Well, you're being real generous and honest." <laughs> and he goes, "Why do you say that?" And I said, "Fuck, trailer lights haven't worked in months." <laughs> I mean, if you think they're working, who's been drinking? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's what's kind of nice about small town cops. They uh, 
some of them tend to look the other way on small stuff. They do. But the problem with small towns, too, is it's where they'll send, like, just fresh out of the academy. Yeah. Cops. And I will say this. If you get pulled over and he's wearing, like, them half-fingered military gloves. You're screwed. (laughs) You're fucked. Yeah. You're you're just going to have a bad day. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's a dick. Yeah. I was coming home from practice with the boys. And I had... But I'd switched vehicles with Ty, so I had his work vehicle. And it has those, the lights that you actually have to turn on, you know, not like the automatic lights that the newer vehicles, like mine has. And so I'm just thinking these lights are total shit from this thing, because it's total shit. And the cop comes, pulls me over, and I'm like, what the hell? I wasn't doing anything. And then I'm like, oh, great, I have an AR right here. I don't even, it's got a suppressor on it, I'm sure, or something. And, and not like anything I should probably have in this vehicle. Plus, it's not my vehicle. And I was like, this is grand. And he's like, your lights aren't on. And I'm like, are you sure? I think they're just really bad. And he flips the switch and I was like, oh, oops. (laughs) And my kids are like, mom. And I was like, oh, and by the way, I have a gun right here. And he's like, yeah, I saw it. And I'm like, yeah, it's huge. And it's right there. But, yeah, he let me go, thankfully. But I was like, oh, my gosh. I am so busted. Pretty sure my kids didn't have seatbelts on. <laughs> like, just, like, get home. It was bad. Well, that's that's just part of being a ranch wife. You never know what's going to be in the pickup. No. Never. Or if he's like, is there registration? I'm like, honestly, I don't even know where it would be in here because the glove box is like full of other crap. And I was like, uh, I'm going to say no, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, the worst great. is when you when you get pulled over and they ask for license and registration, you open up the glove box and you stab yourself with the needle. And you pull your hand out and there's a syringe with a needle stuck in your finger. And you're like, oh. <laughs> That's where that syringe went to. You know, I was looking for that the other day. <laughs> Hopefully it's not an old microfield needle. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Jeez. Yeah, any given day if I get pulled over and they search my pockets, they're going to think I'm a drug user because you got three or four different syringes, a pocket full of needles, and who knows what else. Well, it's fun when you get pulled over by, like I say, them cops that wear the half-fingered gloves. And you got syringes and a bottle of lycomycin or a bottle of whatever sitting on the dash. And then he wants to search the vehicle. And you're like, this, this is bad. Because, <laughs> I mean, gun laws up here, we're not as free with gun laws up here as you guys are, right? So you're like, this is bad. <laughs> he starts rummaging through the back seat, lifts a bunch of jackets and a bunch of shit, finds a rifle. Is this loaded? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Well, he go. The cop looks at me. There's a difference. Is do you just have a clip in it, or is there one one in the chamber? Don't fucking touch the trigger because that is liable to go off. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Why do you have a loaded gun in your truck? Well, it ain't no good if it doesn't go boom, is it? <laughs> you don't know when you're driving down that road and you see a coyote run across the road in front of you. Yeah. 
And where I was working, we had a real bad wolf problem, so we always had guns in the truck. Oh, wow. The worst is, though, he clears, he, you get that one gun out, and he goes, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just let this one go, because you're already in enough trouble, and you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> just gonna get some tickets out of this. And then he's <laughs> rubbing gin in the back, and he pulls out another gun, and you have this dazed look on your face. And he goes, you look surprised. And you're like, very. <laughs> and he goes, why are you surprised? And you go, you know, I was looking for that gun the other day and I couldn't find it. <laughs> now I know where it is. This is yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for finding it for me. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. I the Cowboys to have something stupid like that happen to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Between that and, like, kids going to school, oh, my gosh. Our middle kid, he's taking, like, he took a syringe. I think it was just a syringe. It wasn't a needle. Maybe it had a needle tucked in it or something. But I was thankful we have a small town. (laughs) And just the stupid stuff he's taking to school. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were actually looking for that. (laughs) Well, now that you bring that up, funny story, my boy... (laughs) <laughs> and me, um, you know, before he moved, before the divorce and everything happened, we wore the same size of jacket. <laughs> and the ex-wife bought two matching Carhartt jackets, the same. <laughs> okay, no big deal. He has his school jacket. He wears school. No big deal. Well, one morning, he, he took mine. <laughs> and that, that took... Oh, I got a phone call from the school and the police were involved. It was just a bad deal all the way around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there was there was rifle shells in that jacket. There was a scalpel. Um, and there was a bottle of uh, Ace for horses, like that tranquilizer we're not supposed to have. Yeah. With oh, the syringe in there. So now this is real bad. Oh shit! <laughs> and of course, my dumbass thinks there's nothing wrong with this. He's a farm kid. He's a ranch kid. He <laughs> took my jacket. It was by mistake. You know, not fault. Maybe a little bit of mine. <laughs> well, did you know he took the wrong jacket? Well, when you know, I put mine on that morning to leave because I was making phone calls that morning. Never really thought anything of it. I knew he took the wrong jacket, but I didn't think this would happen. Yeah. yeah. And they were so concerned. I mean, it was the shells I had in that jacket were to a 300 wind mag. And they were worried about the gun being at school. And I'm like, first off, he's nine years old. I mean, if a nine-year-old can shoot a 300 wind mag, that is impressive. <laughs> Don't want to meet him in a dark alley. Yeah, you beat the shit out of me. <laughs> so that went well. And let me tell you, I heard about that one when he got home from the ex-wife. Oh, she was not happy. Oh, yeah. That's when you go, well, you should have bought different colored jackets. Yeah, this is not my fault. <laughs> this is an honest mistake. Yeah. But they never see it that way. When you go, this is not my fault. They're like, no, it is definitely your fault. Yep. I know. They get things that we don't really think are a big concern. They really think are a big concern. 
It's crazy, the differences. Yeah, and it's only getting worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, if it was a school in Kansas and he went to school with a syringe, it would have been a big deal. But up here, they're like, oh, yeah, we just took it from him and threw it away. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> that was a good syringe you threw away, but thanks. <laughs> they're like, oh, you threw it away? Damn. Yeah, next time, just put that away and just give it to <laughs> Just give yeah. it back. Back like that back. Yeah. yeah, next time I pick him up, just you can give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a good pocket knife. Like boys will have a pocket knife every once in a while and they'll forget they have it and take it with them or it'll be with them. And the one boy, he took took his to practice. It was still in his pocket from when he was helping that day. And of course he gets it out because he's being stupid, showing his buddies and gets it taken away. And you hate having those conversations with people. They're like, well, he got a knife out, and I'm like, okay, did he get it out out or just show it to everyone? Well, he's just showing it, and I'm like, okay, well, he didn't get the blade out, so we're fine. Well, I'm like, give it back. It's a pretty cool knife. We got him for his ninth birthday. He's got his initials in it, kind of fancy knife, and, you know, he's real responsible with it, but he's just showing his buddies, hey, look how cool my knife is, and they didn't have the blade out or anything. Yeah. But it's a big deal. They they take it a lot better here than they did in Kansas for sure, but still it's different world for sure. And it's only getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we should just be thankful we live out where we do and we really don't see how bad it could be. Oh man, I can't even imagine. My my sister teaches in Douglas, Kansas, and they have, um, they've started putting those litter boxes in their bathrooms. The what? Uh, the litter boxes for those, like, furry kids or whatever the frick they're called. I think that's what they call them. <laughs> where the, the kids are, like, pretending that they're cats or something awful like that. And the schools have to, like, go along with it i was like no that ever happens we're just homeschooling i i'm kind of speechless because i've never heard anything like that seriously oh (laughs) yeah i maybe it's a states thing but um kids and you'll see it in i don't know maybe like kids in their 20s and stuff where they're acting like they're some kind of animal fox a cat or whatever but they literally will go take a crap in a cat box in a school bathroom i was like (laughs) now i'll draw the line but yeah i mean if 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 my kid ever did that i mean he gets home we're gonna have a serious talk yeah it's i just i can't even and it's 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 a school outside of Wichita. So I mean it's a small school but still you're you're right there by a bigger city and it's just trickling out to all these rural schools. But I still can't believe it's there. I don't know. It's just it's nuts what some of the things that are going on. Huh. 
I mean, if I ever had a kid do that, they better call child services because you <laughs> want to act like an animal. You think you are, I'll treat you like one. Exactly. Yeah, I told Brittany, I said, if one of our kids say they're a dog, I guess they're going to go live with the working dogs outside. <laughs> That'd be a bad day. <laughs> oh. Yep. Uh, well, and it used to be like, I don't know, smaller things that you used to be afraid of for your kids, you know, catching on to or whatever, like the pride stuff and whatnot, which I don't know, teach their own, but now it's more. There's more things. <laughs> so you're kind of like, I don't know. You're kind of glad that you're just in an area where there isn't a lot of stuff going on and you can shield your kids, but at the same time, I don't want to shield them too much to where they're not just like either mind blown or real real curious like really curious like Amish curious <laughs> like, yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true change since I've grown up oh yeah well and you know our fun used to be you go and drink beers with your friends and you know maybe smoke cigarettes or whatever but you weren't doing drugs and hardcore stuff or what kids are doing now. Like, there's just so much more. Yeah, it is crazy. So much more stuff. I mean, I think the worst we did we did in high school was, yeah, we, we drank in high school and we chewed. And that was probably about the far. I mean, we did a lot of dumb shit, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just go out, build a big ass fire and just sit around and drink beer all night. Yeah, we got the bright idea in high school it'd be great. A buddy just lived outside of town and his property his dad's property, his dad's pasture was just right outside. I mean the football field fence bordered his property. So we got the bright idea, well, we'll be on his property and his dad didn't give a shit. So we would throw a bunch of clay pigeons in the back of a truck and we'd shoot clay pigeons off the back of the truck not too far from the school property and we we got in some trouble for that one. Oh, I bet. They they didn't think that was too funny, but they really couldn't do anything to us. At the same time, but still when I grew up, it was not uncommon to walk out into the parking lot and there was three, four pickups with gun racks and rifles sitting in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or even now, like, the vehicles kids drive to school. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I drove an Oldsmobile, and it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but, ooh. Most even time the vehicles just... like the high school kids drive now, even like when you're in town, you know, picking up drugs for the feedlot or the rancher or whatever, and you happen to be in town when school's on and everybody's driving these nice, fancy um, diesel trucks. And then you look at yours and you're like, huh, he is 16 and mom and dad bought him a new truck. And I'm <laughs> driving this piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was just lucky to make it to school in the pickup I drove to school. Yeah, you made it there. This is a good day. <laughs> it was a little nip and tuck there for a good little while, but you can coast her in if you needed to. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, Tuffy, how'd you come up with the name for your podcast? Um, it was just basically, um, wanted to do a podcast for, um, the working guys, right? And not, there was a lot of podcasts out at the time for, for the rodeo guys and kind of the high-end trainers. And I didn't want to go down that road. I wanted to do just something for, you know, the everyday working guy. And I thought, you know, how often do you see a guy, you know, taking care of cows right off the road, right? Yeah. You know, we're always out in some remote area or off the road doing something. So I thought, you know, you can't see them from the road would be a good way to go about it. Yeah, that's real clever. I like that. I uh, I asked, like, some of our community, you know, some of the funny people and just about everybody. And I got some pretty funny ones. <laughs> yeah, you got some good ones to weed through. <laughs> well, we definitely, because this podcast just kind of came about is, a bunch of us just getting together, you know, once a week, um, just kind of doing a big conference call and we'd just get together and do this call and we just sit there and drink beer. Mm-hmm. And then somebody said that it'd be cool if we did a podcast and kind of one thing led to another and we started brainstorming ideas and there were, there were some real good ones. <laughs> that come up that probably weren't the best ideas we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's been a cool road so far. I mean, doing it, um, you know, you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. It's amazing how small the ranching community, ag community is. Yeah. And, I mean, basically, we come up with this idea because, you know, you go onto social media and you see all the guys like, you know, my way is the best way. You know, if if you don't tie off, you know, you're doing it wrong and this is the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start something where we can all get along, right? Because at the end of the day, we all do the same job. Doesn't yeah. matter how you go about doing it. Um, we're all taking care of cattle. We're all riding horses and doing this. So let's make a place where everybody can come together and get along. You know, it might not be the way you do it, but you're not opposed to doing it. Oh yeah, I agree. If you can get the job done and do your job well, who cares how you do it? You know, and I'll just use myself for example. I was pretty dead set against tying off and roping something and then i started doing this podcast and talking to guys you know from texas and oklahoma and in that part of the world where you know tying off is an everyday part of their their world right and um you know seeing the benefits it can do for you and i'm not saying every situation you need to be tied off Mm -hmm. um but when you're fighting a colt and you're trying to steer them around and you're just getting into a knife fight with them, you know, holding, trying to lead them around with one hand and get your dallies, and then you just find yourself, 
you're just beating on them and picking on them. I mean, you're not really getting anywhere anyhow. Right? Where you get a, get a short rope and you put a horn knot in it and put it over your saddle horn you go and rope something. Well, now you have two hands. Now you can help that colt along if he's confident enough to do it. Yeah. So it's just another another tool in your handbag to use, right? Oh, yeah. So, and I've had a lot of fun this spring and this winter just playing around with being tied off. Mm-hmm. And now I'm to the point where I wouldn't be scared um, on yearlings to go out and rope a yearling tied off. Yeah, I've roped. Normally, I ride a wade, 60-foot rope. But I've tied off on yearlings and calves. And I don't think I'm brave enough to try it on a cow or a bull. But, you know, it it's definitely depends on what kind of country you're running in oh and that's the big thing about this lifestyle and what style you ride the country um the country makes you what you are you cowboy do the style of the country yep Mm -hmm. you know and you take oklahoma um texas new mexico all down in there um even parts of arizona i mean what they're calling a big cow down there or a big bull down there. Up in my part of the country, we just go you're roping a yearling. Yeah. I mean, we're we we're roping bulls that weigh in at twenty five to three thousand pounds. Yeah, we're here in Wyoming, we're not quite that big. Our bull's probably two thousand to twenty five hundred. Cows are from a thousand to nineteen hundred. And, you know, down there, they, unless you got some Bramer blood in them, they're not that big. No. I mean, the biggest bull we're out, and the only way we know, we know how big he was, is we roped him and loaded him on the trailer, and the owner didn't want him anymore. So we hauled him straight to the auction auction mart for him. Um, And they weighed him, and he weighed in at 3,000 pounds. I mean... This was a big Charlet bull. We, you know, we rope, and you know, I wouldn't want to be tied off to him if it went bad. No, that's a soggy dude. Yeah, and I mean, we played out horses roping him, right? So, I mean, once you throw your rope up there and you're tied off, you are committed. Yeah, you're there for the long haul. Yeah. Play on Mike. Here we got willows and, you know, you get to the mountain, it's brushy and a lot of deadfall and stuff, but it's steep too, where I just would rather not be tied on and get a horse go tumbling down the side of the mountain with me. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And not saying it doesn't work for them guys and them guys that do it and they can do it. Um, proficiently. I mean, they're dang sure handy. Oh, yeah. And they know what they're doing. Um, just the country makes you what you are. Yeah. Yeah. We have a friend we used to work with up here. He's now on the... I believe he's the manager of the ORO in Arizona. And 
just listening to him talk about their country, it's like, oof, I don't know if I'd really want to go down in that part of the world. Oh, I'd love to go down there and see it. Mm-hmm. And just say you were down there and you seen it. Um, I wouldn't want to make a living down there, that's for sure. Yeah. That's hard on, it seems like it's hard on everything. Hard on your horses. Well, and everything. They got so many plants down there that'll cripple a horse that if they're not born and raised on the ranch, you just can't use them. Yeah. Yeah, where it comes into that style, that, that puncher style, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like... Everybody's handy in their own way. And everybody has their own style. And that's what makes this life we live so cool is you can have your own style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like Jed says, you know, the main reason, and he, up here he used slick horn, long ropes, and down there he ties off and he goes, you might never see him again. If you catch him by the tail and you get him stopped, you better get him stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a totally different ball game down there to them guys. Yep. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. It, he keeps inviting me down. I just need to find the time to go down there and see it. They go out on the wagon three months in the spring, three months in the fall, and it'd be pretty fun to go see. Well, I tell you what, when you find the time to go down there, let me know. I'll go with you, and we'll see what kind of trouble we can get into. <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds like a lot of fun. It does. Yeah. yeah. It does. We'll, we'll make sure we keep we keep the better halves on speed dial in case I go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. I won't come bail you out. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, I'll be sitting there right with you. <laughs> she won't come bail me out either. I just laugh at you for a while, and then I might come help. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, my fiance. she'd do the same thing. You got your dumb ass into this, you get it out. <laughs> yep. I know, Ty always, he always, he always uses that comment, like, well, she really doesn't want me to, or whatever, and I'm like, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> More or less, I just didn't want to go do it. <laughs> yeah. Throw me under the bus. That'll happen. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's a group of guys that want to go down to Kansas from up here for one of those El Guapo competitions. And I was like, yeah, we should go. We should probably leave the wives at home and see how we get along. Yeah. You guys might make it. Yeah, we might. You okay. know, we're going to uh, we're going to California this September to a big ranch rodeo down there and uh the one guy he he's like well we should just make it a guy's trip just the guys go you stupid idiot (laughs) (laughs) the four of us running around in california without any adult supervision (laughs) oh gosh and he goes well what could go wrong well somebody's gonna die most of us are going to go to jail, so I mean, there's that. <laughs> Everything could go wrong. Yeah. I mean, bring the women along so they can kind of keep us somewhat happy.
not reined in. Yeah. As I say, I'm not very good at reining it in. <laughs> no, she's usually right there in the shit with everybody. I'm terrible. That's I got too much of my like we got flowers and sap blood in us and my great uncle Ross, he is crazy. <laughs> is. Yeah, we can throw down. It's bad. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, though, too. You always need to have a, a good time. Yeah. I don't she, know. My, my fiance, she's not a real big drinker. She likes to go out and have a good time, but she's not a real big drinker, which is nice. Um, yeah. You know, because when she comes up here and gets to know her way around, I'll have a designated driver all the time. There you go. She can just have a couple and I can drink my face off and I don't got to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But um, not definitely when I go to town. I mean, adult supervision is needed. Yeah. I love uh, when my husband gives me that look when I'm about to just like go a little too far. And then I have to decide, do I want to take it too far? Or do I want to pay attention to the look? <laughs> Most of the time, I just do whatever the hell I want. Just probably what the look doesn't do really well with. It's probably worth the worst part of it. Makes It makes <laughs> me be like, I'm going to find out. <laughs> See, women can get away with that. Mm-hmm. But oh, I yeah. can't get away with that. Like, <laughs> once your wife looks at you or your better half looks at you and gives you that look, like, we need to go. Yeah, we should probably go. Yeah. <laughs> the, sometimes the three-hour ass chew in the next day is not worth it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I have learned that. When they get that way, it's like, ah, well, whatever. This would be a good time. I know how I get. But when they give you that look. You're like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it in the car. Yeah. And my dumbass is not smart enough to see that look. Yeah. No, I always miss that look. And then we keep going. And then, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little more of a, I'm going to give you the look. And then if you don't respond, you're going to get in the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're going to be like a dog I'm dragging by a collar and beating its ass the whole way to the pickup. She beats you, doesn't she? Yeah. Ah, yeah. No, nobody <laughs> has to worry about uh, her being the abused one in this relationship. It's definitely me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so when you get thrown in the clink, that might be a good thing. They'll say, we'll call your <laughs> wife. Do not fucking do that. <laughs> I will just stay here. <laughs> My odds are better. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't beat me. You guys could get in trouble if you beat me. <laughs> She'll beat she can me. beat me and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're smart about it, too. Like, you get in the vehicle and you're drunk and they'll drive you home and everything. And <laughs> you'll kind of think, you're like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never got screamed at once and you wake up in the morning all hung over and trying to be quiet and they meet you in the kitchen and you're like oh shit here it comes oh yeah you got that pounding ass headache and they're banging clanging pots and pans around for no reason yeah, yeah. Sleeping in. 
Yeah, there's been a few of them mornings. Mine, though, if I get drunk and I'm hungover the next day, everybody's going to (laughs) die if they make noises. That's when you just tell the kids, hey, mom doesn't feel good, tiptoe around the house, because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And you always have that, there's always that one kid that gets, like, that wild look in his eyes. I kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you know you're not getting in trouble. I'm getting in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, we need to go put salt and mineral out. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Get your ass in the pickup. We're leaving. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yep. Well, it's it's been a blast, guys. We'll have to do this again another night. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, it was thanks for having us. It was it was a good time. Good chat. Oh, it definitely was. And uh do your podcast. We need more podcasts out here about the lifestyle we live. Yeah, that's not lot. I do like that. Kind of getting it out there more. Um I don't know. I think people still don't think that we actually still cowboy. <laughs> well, right. It just, you know, like the name of my podcast, you can't see them from the road. People really don't understand we're still out here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it'd be cool just to hear the wife's side of the stories. Oh, I think it, I think that'd be awesome because there isn't, that I know of, there isn't a podcast out there just for, you know, not just for ranch wives, but there isn't a podcast out there for a ranch wife, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these podcasts um, are, you know, the three actual working cowboy podcasts um, that aren't rodeo podcasts or anything like that. I mean, there's only three of them that I know of. Um, that's Burning Daylight, Mine, and The Punchy Hunter. Yeah, I I listen to Matt's quite often. I've never listened to the Punchy Hunter, but yeah. listen to yours and Matt's about every time they're on. There's been some good, good podcasts with Matt. Oh yeah, I've yeah. been on a bunch of his, and it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even I listen to it. I'll be out there feeding or whatever, and sometimes it's more entertaining for sure than listening to music. <laughs> Well, all music now, I mean, oh, you yeah. the radio station, it all sounds the same now. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and it's a good way for the ranching community. It's just another way for us to come together. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. All right. So, well, yeah. I'll let you know when I get it started. I'll have to, I'll have to work on it here and get her going i'm pretty excited yeah get it going that'd be awesome and if you ever need anything you know kind of how i set it up um yeah you have my number now don't be scared to give me a call and ask questions yeah we'll do i appreciate it so all righty guys well thanks for coming on and like i say one day again um we'll do this again perfect sounds good Alrighty, guys, you have a great evening. You too. Thanks, Steffi. Bye.